0: It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by The Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Thielen Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Live Axe Marine in Isle, SNW Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine in Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Pine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Vermel Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Mo- sports and marine and by radco your truck accessory pros now here's your host for brainerd outdoors brian moon
1: and welcome to our deer opener special of brainerd outdoors as we open up the gun season for 2019 we've got a bunch of tips for you as you head out to the woods and uh, kind of a, a chance to talk a little bit about our deer population obviously the cwd situation has got a lot of hunters Uh, thinking about that, so we'll try and educate you the best we can on how to handle that, plus another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon that you can take to the deer camp. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. Uh, Here I am, I'm back from a bit of a leave of absence, I had some things to take care of, so I am back and ready to go. A big thanks to uh, Kevin Jackson for uh, filling in for me here in the the past month, so uh, Kevin did a fantastic job and I really appreciate that. Uh, Let's get things started. And we kick off our deer opener special. We bring in Brent Beimer with Beimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. Brent always keeping us updated on the deer situation here throughout the fall. And here we are, Brent, uh, opening weekend of uh, deer season and gun season. And we're going to talk a little bit later on uh, about some tactics and and all of that. But uh, first off, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about uh, coming off the bow season. We're pretty much into peak rut right now. So how did bow hunters do here in the last month or so?
2: Uh, it's been pretty good. I mean, it's really heated up right now. Um, bucks are chasing like crazy, you know, and then, and then this cold weather we've had, it just keeps them on their feet longer and stuff too. And, and uh, it's been good. I've seen some deer uh, going down lately. Um, it was nice to get an extra week of November hunting for the, for the rut and uh, for the bow hunters and stuff. And now we've got gun season kicking off
1: yeah so people are really looking forward to that, no doubt uh what would you say this year? Anything different compared to you know past years? Obviously it's gonna be a little bit chilly We're normally uh we're almost like a week late getting into the the gun season this year. Is that gonna change anything, Brent?
2: Uh, it's just gonna keep the deer on their feet longer. the cooler and colder it is through the day. um they stay up and they stay moving. you know when we get those warm gun seasons or those warm early Novembers. Um, the deer hunker down during the day They're they've been running all night and, and they tend to, um, um, you know, rest up in the day when it's hot out. So when it's cold out, that keeps them on their feet. So, uh, people just got to stay in their stand, dress warm, buy a bunch of hand warmers, heater, whatever it takes.
1: And obviously food sources, water sources, those are big right now.
2: Yeah. Except for the water's kind of freezing up. Um, uh, the red, oak red oak acorns um dropped a mass bumper crop i've never seen before uh the white oaks were real good but the red oaks were just tons of them um but yeah uh, hunt the does to hunt the bucks and uh watch your food sources and and uh, those bucks will be up cruising though uh, through the day
1: so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, obviously, too, decoys come into play, as do uh, a lot of your scent blockers. Right now, uh, people really have to be aware of that.
2: Yeah, yeah, decoys are a lot of fun. A lot of fun to hunt with. Um, uh, just like during the gun season, they'll wrap some orange around the decoy before you know carrying it through the woods, stuff like that. Um, and then and then get it placed out. Take your orange off it, and then and then go back and watch the show. Um, yeah, scents and stuff, scents where they're legal, um, you know, they always have a key role. But this year, now with the uh, some of the areas, or are, you can't use uh, deer urine and different stuff. So, um, you know, that that becomes a little bit different from normal. But uh, grunts, rattles, I mean, they're fired up right now.
1: Yeah, and we're going to get into that with you here a little bit later on in the show. Uh, one thing I did want to ask you. During both season did you see a lot of decent deer being harvested because I thought it was a bit quiet this year?
2: You know it was a little bit quiet um I did see some um later you know there wasn't nothing much shot early um that i that I seen that was in the area, but now um you know a few deer deer have been fallen um some nicer stuff, and uh you know it's it's gonna happen. There's a lot of crops in all over the country. in in central Minnesota as well. You know, those crops play a key role. Those deer can hide in those crops so much and and just stay in a big cornfield and and not necessarily come out, you know. So um, when the crops are up, it kind of hurts sometimes, but, you know, it'll be good food source for them in late season too.
1: So you're seeing a lot of standing corn and, and all that still up right now?
2: everywhere from north dakota iowa illinois to minnesota i mean the crops are still in you know it's been so wet through the midwest this year that um, the farmers just can't get it out um, it's it's coming slowly but uh, i think for a lot of areas gun season it's going to be in yet
1: you talk to a lot of hunters brent and we're going to touch on this a little bit later on the show as well Obviously, the big thing on hunters' minds is the uh, CWD testing that's going to be going on throughout a good portion of uh Crowing County and even into a southern Cass County. Uh, have you talked to hunters right now? Are they prepared for this? Um, are they grumbling a little bit, or is it something they're just, ah, I'll just have to deal with it?
2: Um, there is some grumbling. There's a lot of people that don't know um, where to take it, what to do exactly. You know, um, they have all these rules in place, and and it's just, I don't even know how the, the conservation officers can enforce some of it because it's, some of it's kind of crazy. And um, people are just getting, they got big question marks. They don't know where to dump their deer. They don't know where to uh, leave, whether they leave the carcass in the woods or they're just confused. Um, and nobody's really put it out there very well for them, um, me included. I haven't hunted around home during gun season for quite a while. I don't get too concerned with it, um, so I don't have to check deer um but there's a lot of uh a lot of question marks on what to do with them
1: yeah and hopefully we can answer some of those questions later on in the show uh before we let you, know, brent uh, you're actually not here in minnesota hunting right now we we caught you getting out of the stand you're hunting down in illinois which you like to do this time of year bull hunting and uh wind switched on you so you got out of the stand that's gave us a little time to chat uh how you been doing down there
2: good i've been Seeing some uh, uh, real good deer on their feet. We had a couple warm days at 65 degrees, and and that really shut them down through the day. But um, then we got a cold front come in, and now the last couple of days the bucks have been on their feet and chasing uh, does down here too. Um, you know, I'll be home, uh, you know, in, in a day or two, and and uh, you know, and then I'll see what's going on around there. But it's been it's been a good hunt. Um, I'm on some new ground, so we're trying to learn it as we go. Um, but all the crops are in around us, and that hurts. That's why I've mentioned that, because I've been dealing with it down here.
1: <laughs> sure. And I obviously don't want you to give your exact location, but are you northern Illinois, central, southern? Central. Central, okay.
3: Yep. Awesome.
1: And uh, you're chasing uh, right now. You saw, saw him, and now now he's he's, he's kind of on your brain a little bit. There's a bit of a non-typical down there that you like
2: yeah um, we're calling him the freak he's uh <laughs> He's got five beautiful points on one side and and he's actually got an antler growing out of the side of his head. It's like a fifteen inch long spike. Um, and then there is an antler growing out of the top of it. Uh, I didn't get to look at him too long. I had him dead rights the other night. I was just waiting for him to um come down the hill a little bit. just to give me a better shot. His doe was already past me. I knew it was going to happen. And I actually had some beavers in a creek right behind me started chasing each other around and splashing and making a bunch of noise. And it actually spooked the doe, which then spooked the buck back up the hill. So, um... I wasn't real happy with the beavers uh,
1: in the creek. Yeah, geez, it's always the beavers that you (laughs) can always do that. You know, that being he he looks like that, Brent, a lot of times people ask me this, is that like a birth defect, do you think, or is that an injury that maybe that deer sustained earlier on that caused that?
2: I'm going to guess that it's an injury. It could have been from a broken pedicle from fighting. Um, You know, who knows, maybe he got hit by a car, Maybe he thrashed it on a tree too hard, but I'm going to guess it was some sort of injury that did it, and it's uh, quite unique, so um, hopefully he shows himself again, and and uh, we'll see what happens.
1: And one last thing, Brent, uh, the area that you're hunting, is it fairly wooded, or are you hunting more open land?
2: Um, we got fields on tops, um, and then we come down into a bottom, and our woods is about 90%. I'm hunting a forty right now, and it's about ninety percent woods um it's uh and then crop all around us, so uh crick running through it, so it's got everything we need. we got food water and cover and and the deer just cruising through all the time and it's uh it makes for an enjoyable day in the tree.
1: That's for sure. Well, that's Brent Beimer? Beimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. You can check him out just west of Brainerd-Baxter on uh, Highway 210. And uh, obviously, Brent, hunters throughout the weekend, can they swing by and uh, you know show off their deer there at the pro shop?
2: Absolutely. We love to see them. we we'll take some pictures, um, talk some stories, uh, maybe get them something else they need. Um, by the way, too, the new Matthews is being released on November 12th. Ooh. So we'll have it in a few days. We're pretty excited for that because it's always it's like Christmas time for us. We get <laughs> to uh, unwrap a gift. We don't know what it is until we get it. So it's, it's always exciting to get the new Matthews in our hand and, and get some shots through them.
1: There you go. That's Brent Beimert, Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. I appreciate it, buddy. Good luck out in the woods out there in Illinois, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you here next week, okay?
2: Sounds good. Thanks, Brian.
1: More of Brainerd Outdoors Deer Opener Special 2019 when we come back here on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3 and our 2019 Deer Opener Special. Uh, One of the topics, obviously, at the forefront of hunters' minds, and that is the uh, CWD testing that will be going on throughout a good majority of the Brainerd Lakes area. And uh, I wanted to bring in, once again, Dr. Michelle Carstensen with the Minnesota DNR. Uh, Dr. Carstensen, welcome back.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. uh, I guess what I want to do with you, because there is some confusion with hunters out there as to what am i supposed to do and i thought the easiest way to do this is just take it step by step uh so a hunter is lucky enough to shoot a deer what happens next
4: sure so well the first thing you know the hunter should do after they successfully harvested their deer is register and that can be done the same as it has been so have three options one is the internet you can go to the website and uh, register that way also you can call in And then the third way is to go to a big game registration station, a walk-in check station. So any one of those three can be used to register the deer. And next, the hunter should think about where the closest sampling station is to have the chronic wasting disease testing performed, and then bring the deer to that location. Really helpful for us at the sampling stations is if the deer is positioned in a way that we can quickly access the neck, because that's where we take the samples. And so if we can have them where the neck is accessible, like towards the back of a pickup truck, a bed that would be beneficial, make things quicker. And we'll be asking the hunters a few quick questions about where they harvested the deer um, and their information for their phone number so we can contact them if the results are back and so forth. And then the last thing the hunters should think about is what to do with the carcass. So if they live and hunt in the area and they don't have any need to take the deer out, no big deal. Same as normal. But if you do want to leave with that deer, you have to actually abide by new carcass management rules and that means you can't take the whole carcass out of the zone until the test results are back, or you can debone that animal or even quarter it and take the meat with you the same day. No restrictions on that. So we're just trying to retain the head and spinal column and rib cage in our zone so we don't uh, spread CWD to places that we don't want.
1: And those uh, carcass disposal locations, that has been one of the big questions that I've gotten from hunters. I'll run those down for you here real quick. Uh, DNR office in Aiken uh, the Brainerd Landfill, the Brainerd DNR Office, the uh, Croft Mine Historical Park in Crosby, Emily Meets, and the Gull Lake Public Water Access uh, in Nisswa. And uh, we'll give the DNR website out here, too, in just a bit, because that's where you can find a lot of the information as to uh, where to take these as well, if you missed all that. Uh, just to backtrack for a second, uh, Michelle... Um, People that are field-dressing their deer, is there anything different they need to do uh, as far as trying to protect themselves?
4: Not really. We just, you know, recommend good hygiene practices, um, but uh, we're not really trying to mitigate, uh, you know, where animals are field-dressed at this point. If you do happen to harvest an animal that doesn't look right, for some reason you get up to it and, you know, it's, you know, a lot thinner than it should be, or there's something that really tips you off, then you're free to, uh, you know, bring that out or even bring that deer to us at our stations and ask some questions, but... On a normal deer, you know, I would say field dress as normal is just fine.
1: And those testing stations, hours for those through the weekend and into next week?
4: They're 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day of the firearm season. Same places that the dumpsters are located, we do have quartering stations available, which means there's a tripod set up so a hunter can easily hang the deer and skin it right on site. We have some folding tables there, uh, some basic equipment like a couple saws and some wet wipes and things to help hunters quarter that animal quickly right next to the dumpster where they can then toss the rest of those remains.
1: There you go. Now, if people want to have their uh, deer processed, but yet they shoot uh, a deer here in that CWD zone, what is the procedure there?
4: Sure. We do have some cooperating uh, meat processors that are in the area that are really kind of, uh, you know, built up for the season. they got extra storage capacity and they are ready to serve our hunters by allowing the animals to come in and hang there while they await test results. So there's a number of those processes available. They are listed on our website if you have that handy, Brian. Uh, But hunters can ask us when they come to the station and we'll point them there. You know, I would say the same thing, too, for if you do harvest a trophy animal and you want to get that mounted. A couple things to keep in mind is the sampling process, where we take these lymph nodes from the neck, would ruin a cape. So if you're thinking of a shoulder mount, We do have some taxidermists also in the zone that are trained to take samples for us, um, that we pay them $15 a sample, and they collect some samples for us, and they could do that caping for you. Also, you could decide to cape it yourself. We do have a video up on our website that demonstrates how to cape a deer, and then you could bring us back to Cape Head to our station, and we could take those samples that way.
1: And there's also a list of the taxidermists that are taking part in this as well. On the website, you mentioned the uh, the uh, meat processing places that are involved, and that is uh, Dave's Wild Game in Aiken, Double D's Custom Meat Processing in Aiken, Emily Meats in Emily, uh, Minnesota Meats in Aiken, and Von Hansen Meats right here in Baxter. So uh, once again, more information on that at the DNR website. Um, you know, once we get through the firearms season, Michelle, when we get into muzzleloader late season bow. Uh, what changes there?
4: Well, it's going to be similar to what has been occurring. So we've been doing mandatory sampling since the beginning of archery, and have taken over 700 samples already up in this area. Luckily, nothing's come back with chronic wasting disease, so we have no new cases. Uh, but basically, the self sampling stations will be returned to the same six sites we listed already. Um, the hunters at their convenience then can just drop off the head. Uh, we'll have it sampled that way um, all through the rest of the uh, archery season and muzzleloader season.
1: And one other question I did have a hunter ask me that I, maybe it's a silly question to ask, but I mean you're taking both buck and doe. It isn't you know it doesn't matter which sex of deer you want them all tested.
4: Correct. Yeah, we're testing all adult deer, so everything that's a year and older, either sex. And as far as fawns go, that's really up to the hunter themselves. If they're interested in having a fawn tested, we will do that for them. But it's not a required sample because they're just really young at six months of age to have enough uh, prions, to po- the positive, to even be detectable. So it would be really hard to find the disease. But if a hunter wants to leave the, car- leave the zone with the fawn carcass, it still is under the same restrictions. So that might be a reason they have the test done so they're clear to take that carcass with them whenever the tests are back.
1: There you go. Uh, one more thing. If hunters outside of the CWD zone, uh, Michelle, want to have their deer tested, how can they do that?
4: Yeah, we have a couple places on our website that direct hunters to where they can submit samples on their own if they're outside of our surveillance areas. And that's either to the University of Minnesota's Veterinary Diagnostic Lab at St. Paul or to Colorado State University, which is actually where all of our samples go. And so samples can be collected by the hunter. We have a web. Well, on our website, we do have a video that demonstrates how to take samples out yourself, uh, and you can send those in, or if you prefer, you can remove the head of the animal and get that to the St. Paul lab and have that testing done, and it'll be about anywhere from 40 to $80 uh, for, a sa- for a sample if they have the whole head.
1: There's a go. some great information, uh, Dr. Michelle Carson with the Minnesota DNR. Anything I missed, Michelle, anything that you want to add to this?
4: Well, I just want to remind folks to have a great and safe hunt. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is we have been doing chronic wasting disease surveillance in this area for the last couple of falls. We've tested almost 9,000 deer and did not detect the disease. So while it's unfortunate, we did find that one case uh, in the winter of a sick individual deer that had it. We don't really believe this is extensive in this area. So get out there. Have a safe hunt and enjoy yourselves.
1: And basically, what happens, Michelle, if uh, you don't find anything positive? I mean, are we going to be doing this for a little bit? Because I had heard something about maybe this is a three-year process.
4: Yeah, we do use a three-year window when we're doing this kind of sampling because of the slow incubation of the disease. It takes, on average, two years from a deer when they're exposed to chronic wasted disease to develop clinical signs, and it can be as much as three so we use a three-year window to make sure we're doing testing throughout that incubation time so we're not missing disease if it is here.
1: So the more hunters take part, uh, the better off they're going to be in the long run. That's right. There you go, Dr. Michelle Karstensen with the Minnesota DNR, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're pretty busy uh, this weekend with things and, and testing stations and all that. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, Michelle, and uh, we'll chat soon, okay?
4: Thank you very much.
1: All right, when we come back, we'll bring back Brett Beimer with Beimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. Talk some deer hunting tactics as we head into opener. When we come back to Brainerd Outdoors Deer Opener Special right here on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. I'm Brian Moon, and here we are, our Deer Opener Special gun season 2019 we've been uh, anticipating this for quite some time and back with us brent Beimer with Beimer outdoors archery pro shop uh i guess we'll start off brent talking about decoys uh because they can play a real important role this time of year
2: if people aren't using decoys they're really missing out because it's so fun and exciting um to have a deer come into the decoy uh, a lot of times you know a personal grunt or rattle and a deer will hang up 50 60 yards and he's just scanning looking for that other deer when when he doesn't see nothing a lot of times they'll turn around walk away you have a decoy out in place and they see that decoy they're gonna come to it because they came to the calls now they have the visual now they're locked in and it's fun
5: what's the biggest mistake people make when they put decoys out
2: odor touching them Um, I use gloves all the time when I do it. I spray that whole decoy down with a sentaway spray, and then the direction of where they're faced. A buck is typically, 99% of the time, is gonna come to the front of a decoy. He's gonna come to the front shoulder, or he's gonna come to the head. So what I do, out at about 30 yards, I face that decoy right at my tree. So I get that deer to quarter around the decoy to the front, and all of his focus is gonna be directed on the decoy, and, I mean, you can almost dance in your stand at that point. And then he's going to come in 25 yards broadside looking at the decoy, and you can let him have it from there.
5: Is 30 yards about the distance you want your decoy from, or do you, can you put it a little closer from your stand?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had them as close as 20 yards. I've, I've shot the deer at 15 yards then, you know. Um, I like to have a little bit of room for error movement noise, something of that sort. So a lot of times my decoy is between 20 and 30 yards depending upon the setup. Now the other day, I was in a tree in North Dakota, I actually had the decoy out at 35 or 37 yards, but you also don't want to set a decoy up in real thick woods because uh, you you want them to be able to see it from a distance. If they're coming through real thick woods and all of a sudden, bang, there's a decoy, it can spook them. You want them to be able to see it from a distance. So that's why I had my decoy out at 37 yards. I was down in an oak draw. So down in the bottom, I could see a long ways each direction from the decoy, and I put him in the middle. So a deer that was 75 yards down in the draw, he could see that decoy coming down. So I had it out at uh, at 35 or 37 yards.
1: Now, you mentioned earlier in the show that we're pretty much in the peak rut right now, so uh, Hunter's obviously looking for scrapes that the uh, bucks are putting out there. Uh, maybe you've got a piece of property you're hunting, though, that doesn't have any scrapes, but you're seeing some deer sign. Uh, you can make your own scrape to try and fool these deer. We like to call them mock scrapes. For those that have never done that before, Brent, how would they go about that?
2: I'll a lot of times find a stick on the ground, um, and I don't touch anything. I don't kick it away with my boots. I don't grab anything with my hands. I use that stick to make the scrape. And then I chuck it, get rid of it. Uh, I don't want it nowhere laying around there. And then I'll try to break the branches up above a little bit. I don't know if it you know, really does anything, but there's always the licking branch, and they're always broken up. But uh, I pour the buck urine right in that scrape and go from there. But the scent control on the person... You know, you have to watch that, too, um, you know, dirty boots or hands or something of that sort. You'd, I use, a, like I say, a broken branch. I, a lot of times, do uh, edge of my food plots, put it out in the open more so than in the middle of the woods. Uh, I use it around my food plots mainly.
5: And can you get that, the licking branches you mentioned, too, how high off the ground do you want that? Because you don't want it too low.
2: No, um, five, six feet fine. I've even seen deer on video, the licking branch, I've seen deer get on their hind legs and, and rub their antlers up in a licking branch that we can't hardly even reach, and, and they'll go up that high for it sometimes. Typically, though, it's at their head level higher, higher than their head level. They stick their head up in it, you know. And we do have this product called a Branch Magic, too, and it's a, it's a time-released uh, buck licking branch gel that a person can put above, and it does put uh, some of the gland odor on that licking branch.
5: And how much scent do you want to put into the scrape as well?
2: I spray a fair amount in it. They do. So I do in return. I put a fair amount in it so they they can smell it.
1: And with us being in peak rut right now, rattling really comes into play. How aggressive do you want to be this weekend with that?
2: It's aggressive. I'm not going to tickle the horns together anymore. I'm going to hammer them.
5: And that's the one thing that we've always talked about, and this kind of goes with grunts as well. You don't want to over-rattle or over-grunt. That's probably the biggest mistake hunters make, huh?
2: Yeah, um, you can, uh, you know, guys are out there, I wait an hour. I'm usually an hour in between my rattling and grunting sequences. If I'm just blind grunting and rattling, if I see an animal, um, you know, I'll grunt at him until he reacts, of either either come in or go away. You know, I'll grunt at him the whole time, you know, to get his attention. I usually start with some grunts before I start rattling. Short burst, burp burp, you know, and then a, a good one. And then I wait. And then I just, I visually scan the area for, well, I don't know, two to five minutes and if anything reacts from that grunt call, and then if nothing comes in, then I hit the horns. That's when I start.
1: So there you go. A few tips for you as you head out to the woods for Deer Opener 2019 here in Minnesota. That's Brent Beimer, Beimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shop. You can check him out just west of Brainerd Baxter on Highway 210. And Brent will be joining us here throughout the fall, throughout late season bow, muzzle loader, as well with some tips, so we'll look forward to that. More Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3.
5: And welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, time for our Hungry Hunters segment. As always, Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon joins us. Another great venison recipe this week, Joel, uh, venison backstraps with Cumberland sauce. Now, I guess you're going to tell us what Cumberland sauce is, right?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I'll explain what it is. I don't exactly know where the... With the term Cumberland sauce I don't comes from. I, I just threw it out there. Maybe Cumberland, Wisconsin, but I, I don't know that for a fact. But. I, I don't know that
5: either. <laughs> but somebody it's... knows out there. Email the show, please. Let us know. <laughs> anyway, I'll let you uh, tell
3: us about this because it sounds great. All right. So first off, we'll take our take our backstrap, all cleaned up, we'll season it up real nicely, a little bit of salt and pepper. Let it sit. Let it come up to room temperature. While we're doing that, we'll make our sauce, our Cumberland sauce. So we're gonna start off with a shallot and a little bit of a uh, little bit of butter. Just cook that off for you know sixty. 60 uh, seconds, just enough to kind of sweat it and get it translucent. I'll hit it with some port wine, let that reduce, add in some beef stock, bring that up to a boil, add in your dry mustard, some cayenne pepper, and then you can either use cranberries or uh, fresh raspberries, any kind of fresh uh, berry is what you're looking for. Add that in there, let that kind of reduce down, a little bit of fresh lemon zest, fresh orange zest, and some salt and pepper. Let that come to a boil, and then turn it off, kill the heat, and then we'll let it simmer for a minute. While our sauce is cooking, we can throw our backstrap in the pan. You know, under over uh, medium-high heat, get a nice color on all the sides. You know, we're just looking for a, a medium-rare on the inside. So, pull that out, let it sit, let it rest. You know, as you go to slice it, kind of save some of the juices that come off of your come off of your uh, backstrap. We can drain that into our into our Cumberland sauce. Get a little extra a little extra flavor in there with that. You know, pour our sauce over our nice medallions and we got a good
5: meal. Yeah, we do. Um, this is the first I've heard of Cumberland sauce before, but uh you've already made me a fan. Uh it sounds like something that would be fantastic not only over venison, but
3: um any, any kind. kind of meat, any you could even use this over some fish, probably be good too. Chicken as well. Chicken.
5: Yep. So if you've got any other wild game out there, give it a try. Uh, it's venison backstraps with Cumberland sauce. It's our Hungry Hunter recipe for this week. You can check it out by heading to BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the recipes tab, and there's a bunch of other ones there for you to check out as well. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, 371 North in Baxter. Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Brian.
1: And that'll put a wrap on our dear opener special here on Brainerd Outdoors. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors each and every weekend, uh, Saturday mornings just after 7, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 right here on B93.3. Uh, you can also stream the show live if you're out of town or away from your radio. Just go to BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. You can also listen on demand there, and we're all over the podcast network. So wherever you download podcasts, search Brainerd Outdoors. Give us a rate and review. We'd really appreciate that. And we'll see you next week for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon.
0: Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by the Power Lodge, SCR Northern, Thielen Meats, Tracker Boating Center, Vimer Outdoors Archery Pro Shop, Axe Marine and Isle, S&W Bait and Tackle, Oars and Mine Marine and Crosby, Freedom Firearms, Newman Construction, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, Your Ice Castle Dealer in Fine River, Crow Wing Recycling, Canvas Tech, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, Bermall Shoe Store in Randall, SPR Motorsports and Marine, and by RAG. Your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon Saturday mornings at 7, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3.